Visceral Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Roseborough. Today's special guest is Tabile Ngambule, a food scientist who recently completed her PhD at the University of Nottingham in the UK and has returned home to Swaziland. We have an open discussion about food science and factors such as food safety and security and politics surrounding food production in growing economies on the African continent. We still have a lot of work that we need to do to make people understand the importance because, you know, everybody eats and somebody has to look out for those people that eat because you go to a shop, you buy food, you just eat and you are hoping that the food is, is safe. But you don't know that the food is safe. You need somebody to take care of it for you. So that's where I come in. To be honest, I had no idea what a food scientist was and how important their role is to ensure that we have access to safe and healthy nutrition across the globe. As our economies grow larger, food scientists will lead the way to ensure food is nutritious and sustainable. Tabile's perspective is interesting and well-informed, and I can't wait for you to listen to the interview. She also offers some inspiring advice for young women interested in studying in the STEM disciplines. Enjoy the interview. Visceral Podcast. African Women Innovate. I'd like to get to know how your interest in food science developed. You are you are the first food scientist that I am meeting. So I'm incredibly interested in in what it is and also how you recognized your passion for it and, and what you plan to do in the future. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, so where you're from, your early background information and the catalyst for your educational and future professional career in food science. First of all, I'd like uh, to thank you for featuring me. It's a very important uh, podcast. I'm very excited to share my experiences and anything, you know, you might know about my field um, and um, I'm very thrilled that I just completed my studies well you can call me a doctor if you want ah yes I will uh, so I will <laughs> about my education <laughs> Well, uh, background, um, well, I'm just a humble person coming from a family of five, um, basically the sole bread, breadwinner. While I was still like in the early education, I basically was just going to school just like everybody else. Um, you know, you know how it is. You just go to school because you're expected to go to school. And then um, you complete your first um, like high school. You want to enroll in uh, tertiary education, but um, you wouldn't believe that initially I wanted to be a singer. <laughs> um, I thought, you know, <laughs> I, th I thought I was a kind of person who wanted to sing and be famous. And you know, I used to think I have a beautiful voice. So, okay. um, well, at the same time, I knew I was, I like, I like mathematics, you know, more than anything. I was good in like mathematics. So I've always thought if I had to study anything, it would be maybe um, anything related to mathematics or probably economics because it's it has to do with numbers so um and then when i finished i kind of consulted different people like my relatives about like 
you know what I can do and um, you know based on employment uh, I really wasn't sure what to do but I knew that I, I qualified to get to university well I talked with my stepsister who kind of advised me to go for science because um, like more specifically practical subjects so I kind of realized okay maybe I was on the wrong um, thinking about the, my numbers and stuff so I kind of sat down had to think again about like what I can do so my first degree is basically nothing other than just a you know bachelor of science in consumer sciences it used to be called home economics before but now it's uh, called consumer sciences and then um, with no specialization uh, whatsoever so I was studying everything basically um, you know when you study everything but you, you're not a master of any <laughs> so I completed my first degree and I didn't really um, feel like you know I have a knowledge of anything because I was not you know like specializing in anything but um, and the employment was kind of difficult to get uh, especially in Switzerland it's a small country you know the population about 1.2 million mm -hmm. so it's not a lot of you know places that can absorb um, all the, the students that just finished university so um, most of us go to teaching that was like high school teaching or anything close to that and then I realized that you know I think I'm more than that um, I'm, I'm very much capable of doing more than just you know doing high school education it was fun I loved it I loved dealing with the, the, the kids there they were just wonderful but I just wanted to be more more than that so um, I then started looking into applying for a master's in food science so I realized I think I'm more interested in food science looking at all this this courses that I've done I thought that was a good idea to pursue so I applied for a scholarship I got the Fulbright scholarship I don't know if you will know yes. it like the Fulbright exchange program yes I do yes so I got that one and then I went to study um, Master of Science well in food science specializing in food safety so it was more like related to what I'm like what I'm working with now so I did I went to University of Florida for two years yeah um, it was a nice experience you know being in America and you know seeing different places it was like my first time traveling internationally actually yeah. So it was, you know, an eye opener for me. And then, um, you know, being in a foreign country, it's always kind of, you know, calling for adjustments and stuff. But you get, you get the gist of it, and then you just get on with the program, and eventually you just love what you're doing. I'm just wondering with with food science, you know, is is it multidisciplinary? You know, what other areas of science do you get to explore in your studies in food science? Okay, when I was doing my masters, there were like quite a number of um, courses that you do um, under food science. So basically, you pick uh, a lot of like you have to qualify like take a number of credits. So for those credits, you pick that you are given a list, and then there are those that are compulsory to take. So um, you do like things like advanced food chemistry, uh, food okay. microbiology, current uh, issues in food regulations. You do research, like you do research as a topic and then you do statistics. So it's like those causes. And then um, you can pick any other causes that you think uh, will boost you. So you are not limited to taking those like uh, the causes that I've just mentioned, but you pick uh, anything that you think you don't have a background or that you think you, you want your direction, like your direction that you want take so for me because I was more interested in food mi food microbiology more most of my courses they're like uh, food microbiology food safety current issues in food science you know so it covers pretty much everything
thing that's happened in food science and then the food industries again current regulations because for the uh, food industries they have to uh, produce food using certain regulations right. uh, and certain standards so you have to learn about those standards so that if you if you want to be involved in that part then you know what you are expected and if you have to work in a food industry you could you could choose to do many things under food uh, the food industry so depending on what you have done you can do like you can specialize in in research right um you can also do um food quality food quality assurance or in food safety department so you can basically work in that department uh, or you can be a food production manager um you can also work in other organizations like the ones that develop the regulations the food regulations themselves or so you can work in government so at a policy um, level know. yeah basically there's a whole lot of things that you can do depending on you know your ent- in your interest that's i mean it's fascinating it's just uh, it's, it's an interesting field yeah definitely and it yeah. seems as if you um, get to it, yeah you know look at a range of different issues and you know look i was i was looking yes. at what food microbiology was and is and you know how would you describe it you know are you are you looking at toxins and pollutants what uh, is food microbiology to food science speak to me as if i'm like okay. a five-year-old okay when so I, that i understand that, that's okay i can do that i can cool. try uh it's basically um a scientific study you are like literally studying food in relation to uh, microorganisms that might be present to the food. Uh, those microorganisms can work in two ways. One, they can be bad for the food, mm-hmm. which might cause uh, illnesses. And there are those that are good, good microorganisms that are used to uh, produce like different types of food, like in the production of wine, beer, um, yogurt. Yeah. So those are actually the, the ones that are considered that are the good ones because um, even the body they're good for the body and then we have like our body is naturally it consists mostly of microorganisms so it's 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 studying everything understanding everything and how they exist and you know uh, the types of foods that are kind of linked to certain microorganisms because you find different things uh, based on the type of food and based on the temperatures based on the time um, that you store the food at so it's just looking at everything related to microorganisms that you know could be found in food that is incredibly interesting and yeah it sounds difficult and very very scientific and and (laughs) and that's why i really enjoy speaking with people that specialize in this stuff so so you can break it down and you can break it down into at a level where people can understand it and for young women that you know don't know what food science is and then they don't know what food microbiology is i mean you're explanation was great so I, I appreciated that but I also want to get your opinion on say some of the some of the public health and political factors that have started to dominate food science particularly in Africa so around production around food security around food sustainability um, African countries are growing and so too are are their economies which means that the food economy and international trade in food is also expanding so do you believe that the food mm-hmm. industry and the way it operates is in any way undermining or threatening the credibility of food science. I wouldn't 
think that it is undermining the way it's operating i think it's operating at the right level um you know if you talk about food security in in comparison to food industry it's probably a kind of two parallel things i would say that because um well most of the time the food industries they are like producing to um supply out of the country most right. of the time so when you are talking about food security you're talking about the availability of food like in household levels so if you link those two it's kind of like you can have like 10 industries in the country and only find that you have like maybe three of the products that um, you know are produced from those different industries because the industries they kind of like it's a business entity um, in, in as much as it's a business entity they are looking into like the big suppliers out there like Europe and all these things so um, they are actually boosting the economy you know like if we are talking about economy then um, they are boosting the economy because without the food industries like in my country we have um, um, we don't really have like major resources except for agriculture so with the agriculture that we have the industries like we have um, I'll make an example of uh, Swaziland Food Canals which is Rod Food Group I don't know if you know about it no. uh, it produces uh, like canned foods mostly oh, okay. like canned pineapples and canned yes so that one it receives their raw materials from the agriculture so the agriculture is the one that kind of like um, you know supplies so in that way it means now because as well as Switzerland is mainly dependent on agriculture the economy is being boosted in that way because by you know supplying um, that company it means the company is getting better because we are getting returns one way or the other but in terms of food security it's it's um i don't know it's kind of like um sort of an overlooked thing okay. because it's a big issue like uh, last year I attended a conference in in, in, um, in Johannesburg and it was linked to food security and food safety uh, it's really a, an, an issue that is sometimes not given much attention in my opinion because you know you look at it and, uh, and you have to look at it in a household level if you're looking at food security yet um, if you look at maybe the country's economy it might show something else you know so it's like you just look at it in a in a different way and uh, um, our economy doesn't reflect the, the the current situation of the food security uh, in as much as the population is growing and everything and we have food industries that are supplying i don't think uh the economy the current economy is a true reflection of food security like in in Switzerland, uh, food security especially in the rural communities it's a it's a big concern whether the economy is kind of like maybe saying middle classish uh-huh. but it's still there's still going to be a gap between you know the economy and the food security especially the african countries so it's an area that really needs a lot of attention right it's more than just having access mm. to foods it's having access to safe and nutritious foods that meet yes. that meet the dietary needs yes. of yes. populations yes. so that needs yes. more attention and you know like you said in swaziland maybe there's not enough attention there but do you you know on the african continent there seems to be that aspect that's missing um as well Yes. So I I guess just to kind of like pick that apart a little bit, you know, as your role as a food scientist, you know, Mm -hmm. what attempts have been made 
to say improve food safety and security across the African continent? What have been some major things? And maybe you have some some country examples that that you know of. Oh well, in Africa, I wouldn't have a, a, a country example, but I know there's a lot of things that are being made um, every year. I always attend like two or three conferences concerning food safety. So in those conferences, we actually try to address all issues. Like you know, you come with different issues from different countries, and then we sit in the conference and we have like discussions on um, you know the presiding problems to see what we can do, how we can work together, and to actually see what other countries have done, you know, maybe if they've experienced the same problem, how they can address it. And then we have like some bacteria that's more permanent in, in Africa because of the conditions, you know, the government structures, you know, lack of water, or if there is water, the water is not clean. So it's like we don't have access to like those facilities that will, you know, improve our the safety of the food. So making our like a lot of outbreaks. And again, when we talk about outbreaks, it's not exactly a an area that's even well established. Like I'll make an example in in USA, there's um a CDC which is Center for Disease Control. So in that Center for Disease Control, they focus on um like following outbreaks. So it means if there's an outbreak, uh, they try to do studies to see what caused the outbreak and uh, do some product recalls to make sure that that product is out of the market immediately. So in in Africa, most of the time when people get sick because of these things like you have like a diarrhea, stomach ache, you have your vomiting, all those like little signs of uh, foodborne infections. You just go to the hospital and you get like scopex, you know, uh, for treating your, your stomach ache. And uh, the real problem is not uh, focused on in Africa. There are certain things that are being done like in terms of, you know, like trying to address those issues when you do conferences, like the one that I attended last year, the one I was talking about because it was all food safety and, and food security. So doing all those things like uh, food security, and also going out there to see what other people are doing is just one way to address the issue. But I think just a, lo- a lot of things that need to be done in terms of that. Because in food microbiology, it's, um, it's a small uh, area that's sometimes ignored, especially in Africa. Like most people, they don't even know what uh, food microbiology is and um, how they can contribute to the society towards making sure that we have like, you know, a more safe and environment in terms of like food, making sure that there are no outbreaks at schools, making sure like in, in last year there was a case uh, in Swaziland, um, like a number of kids died uh, from a norovirus. It was suspected to be norovirus. But my, my concern was that we don't have those um, offices. It's a government problem. So the government is supposed to uh, deal with those issues, try to make sure that they, they find the cause of the outbreak and also making sure that it doesn't happen again. So if there isn't enough resources to do those things, then it becomes difficult and the problem is going to be ignored. So it's they're just going to report that this is what happened and probably it was suspected that this is a cause. But we don't have enough facilities to even do the studies to see what were the actual cause and how it can be present, prevented and doing further research to make sure that those things are not happening. So we still have a, a lot, which is probably one of the reasons why I thought um, for me, it was an interesting field 
difficult to explore because I think it's kind of underrepresented, yeah. uh, particularly in Africa. So we still have a lot of work that we need to do, you know, to kind of make people understand the importance because, you know, everybody eats and because everybody eats, somebody has to look out for, for those people that eat because you go to a shop, you buy food, you just eat and you are hoping that the food is, is safe, but you don't know that the food is safe. You need somebody to take care of, of, of it for you. So that's where I come in, but um, I can't do it alone, of course. Uh, we need to be like, um, you know, a group of people working together. Yeah. And also the, it's, we, we have this thing where now you are not just working as a food microbiologist, but you work with other um, uh, other sections, like you, you combine your work like food microbiology with maybe some uh, agricultural uh, topics to kind of make it complete. Because sometimes you address a problem requires not just one, you know, of expertise, but it requires a lot, like so that you can make sure that you, you know, you make a difference. You really make a big difference Absolutely. out there. With all of the science and understanding that we have around food, and perhaps it's, I mean, what you're basically saying is that it's more limited than we think. I'm wondering why food is also mm. making us so sick in terms of, say, non-communicable diseases like your diabetes, your cancer, your heart disease, obesity, you know, kidney disease, you know, what role do food scientists play in reducing non-communicable diseases? Well, um, it's a, it's a, that one is a tricky, it's a tricky situation because, um, you know, most of the time, like when you look at the industries versus food scientists, of course, food scientists, they do work in food industries. But um, if you look at what is produced in food industries. Food industries, they produce food based on the need of the market. So they are actually supposed to respond the market wants. Food scientists, on, and at the same time, they are also have to make sure that the food that is being eaten is actually of high quality exactly. and is uh, safe. You know, it doesn't, it would not, doesn't make a human being ill. So that being said, the illness can is, is like in two different ways. The first way is the one that you just mentioned, which is very is a critical one, the one of these uh, different diseases which are basically due to diet. Mm. It is a problem that is slowly creeping into Africa, but it used to be, um, you know, like a developed country problems where there's just too much of everything and shops, there's a whole lot of shops selling everything and everybody wants to buy and, you know, like easy access. But now it's something that's coming back to us, which means there's something that is going on that there's a gap in between making sure that people are healthy and also making sure that the food industries are actually happy as well in terms of they are looking for profit of right. course but um, in, in looking for profit you have to respond to what the, the consumer wants right. so now I think it's lack of education sometimes where um, the buyer is just you know buying things but are not highly educated in terms of you know when you lack certain knowledge concerning things like you just buy food it's just food so um, the lack of education in terms of this food is bad for you this is it will give you heart attack because it's got too much oils it's got all these things and then there are those companies that actually do try to focus on healthy healthy stuff but then the truth be told is that the healthy companies yes they will make money but how many of them can you can you have out there and if you have them uh, think about the customer because what the customer wants the customer gets so it's us 
you know consumers now not i'm talking not as a food scientist i'm talking as a consumer it's us consumers who need you know awareness it's awareness that's lacking you know in terms of you know healthy living healthy lifestyle all these um effects of certain foods so once you are aware of effect of certain foods people will stop buying uh like i remember there was an issue uh, some years back about trans fats that you know they're they're a problem they will cause all these heart problems and then consumers they started demanding that the companies stop producing food using trans fat and they did it worked because the consumers wanted that but if um consumers don't say anything or are not concerned that's the problem so it's very important on the part of the consumer to be aware of certain factors like uh, you know if you eat too much of these it's going to cause you know some problems uh, cardiovascular diseases uh, it's going to cause diabetes you know it's going to cause all these things because you know they it's it's a it's becoming bigger now you know there's a whole lot of things like cancer certain things like causing cancer some preservatives which is why like part of my study i was using natural extracts to try and eliminate the use of synthetic um things you know preservatives uh, in food because we know there is a problem so now in trying to address the problem slowly we need to work on that and work on research to research that will actually focus on the current problems that are there and we know those diseases we have lots of cancer and you know you have to look at what can we do to treat cancer naturally because we know cancer treatments cancer treatments they have um they have like side effects so you don't want the side effects you want to be treated but the side effects are not good so what can we do what can we start so like in as much as the cancer treatment i'm talking about now is sort of related to um nutrition it's a food science uh field because my 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 study was looking at uh plant extracts Mm -hmm. so i take natural vegetables that people literally eat and then you study and look if you can use those uh because they are um, uh, traditionally known to have certain uh, compounds that can cure certain diseases so in curing certain diseases you can look at different things like you can look at bacteria if it can kill bacteria you can look at cancer so if you if more studies of that sort are made or are conducted by us uh, scientists then the world will be a better place because we'll be able to try slowly but surely to eliminate those things that are causing sicknesses i think it's i mean i think that's incredibly fascinating because uh i'm always interested to find out i mean just that link right there just what you're studying right there you know identifying ways that you can eliminate certain bacteria that cause certain cancers i mean i don't think that the majority of the population knows that this is linked to food science you know and what we eat and what we consume um on a daily basis so my one question to you and and you did speak about it briefly was you know people have to be more educated around you know consumers need to be more educated Mm -hmm. around what they eat and the nutrition value in all of Mm -hmm. those foods but also as a scientist in your case are you trying to reach out to say consumer groups or ngos to get them to communicate better with the community around nutrition and what they should be putting in their bodies uh, that one the um, talking to ngos about awareness on what people should be eating is kind of uh, on the nutrition side which okay. means um you know <laughs> i am not exactly a nutrition expert even though yes i should be involved and i am involved but there are certain people so if i go there and, and talk about what people should be eating it will be 
just a, a personal opinion other than you know my knowledge right. because um, certain people are involved but they, they they do go around as far as I know because we work with them uh, one of the the roles of, of me because I work in a university mm -hmm. so one of them is to do community work so community work uh, involves uh, the education that I'm talking about right. so you can go to go to schools or go to communities and uh, do some surveys and do some teachings of some sort to make sure that um, they are aware and are kind of educated in relation to like you know current issues in relation to food so as far as nutrition go I haven't been that much involved I am involved in terms of like they do uh, you know how they, they produce uh, food in surplus at home and then they don't know what to do with the food because they haven't been educated on how to preserve the food so that it doesn't spoil so that is where I get involved in terms of okay. um, you know teaching them different ways in which they can preserve to make sure that it stays longer and making sure that they don't get sick from eating those foods you know improper storage might result in them uh, having to eat certain things you know so it means it's important for them to be aware of um, like that it's possible that they can keep the food longer as long as they use the right uh, preservation methods and they, they follow the procedure in terms of sterilization and stuff to make sure that uh, microorganism doesn't get into the food but as far as uh, nutrition goes it's another area okay. uh, so I can't really dwell much onto it okay. yes Well, let me just switch gears just yes. a little bit. Um, whenever we get to topics um, of specialization in any STEM discipline, women are scarcely mm -hmm. rep represented. <laughs> so do you find that there is sufficient scientific and technical expertise on the African continent that focuses on, say, international food safety, food microbiology, food science? Do you think women are represented in these areas? Well, uh, I think... I think women are represented just not enough. Um, okay. It's something that they are doing now. It's something that uh, is new. Well, because I just got back uh, from England, I just land in South Africa. Like I have a friend that used to work at the university and uh, she's currently working in one of the universities in South Africa and she was attending a conference in France mm -hmm. uh, a few days ago. And that conference was actually focusing on how we can bring in more women in, in the field, in the science field. Oh. Yes. So it was for me, it was an interesting thing that, you know, it's like, people are, are beginning to re recognize the importance of, you know, involving having enough, enough representation of women in the field because in as much as before, it used to be taken, you know, like uh, women for granted and, you know, we should be less educated, we should be less involved in everything. But I think now, slowly but surely, you know, the, the recognition is, is, you know, is becoming prominent right. and uh, people are, do, are acting on it now and, you know, having those conferences to bring women together and and, you know to to strategize on how you know we can attract because the, the most important thing is is attracting first if you do the community work that I was talking about you go to the the schools you start start when they're still young and talk to them like in the different schools to make them realize the importance of science and realize that they can be involved in in all the fields in science so for me you know my interest 
food safety so obviously if i'm attracting i'm going to be more specific you know talking about uh, the importance of food safety and you know wh- how everything is just possible if you focus and it's you know there's no field that really requires a man or a woman it's, it's a matter of determination whether you are a woman or whether, whatever race you are you, you i mean everybody is capable women are very strong people i am one myself that's why i am saying that so i know that you know we are capable we just have to be more determined and more focused and we don't let distraction because the problem is a lot of distractions around you know people telling you you can't wait and you know uh, it's not your thing to do like i remember when i was going for my phd you know i was talking to my brother and he was like no you are in, you have enough education already you know masters is enough how are you going to get married nobody's going to marry you you know it's enough you just have masters you have a job just sit down you know so it's like discouragement that type of thing so you'll find it here and there but i think it's slowly fading people are just realizing that you know we 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 are as powerful as um as any human being can be so those strategies i think we need more of them to kind of bring women together and 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 you know think about how we can make them involved It, it for me it's very important because i learned as i was growing like after i finished my high school I, I never got any advice you know about uh, what you can do after you finish your high school on those things so you need those sort of you know people that will involve us women to say okay look you are still here now but you know you've got options out there these are the things you can do so you know don't just go out there and say ah, i don't know like i did when i when i finished and then if you think there's a certain field that's not for a woman there's another one that's for a man it's just you know we just need encouragement somebody to just you know tell you you are powerful you can do better you can do more you know we are just more capable so we need that in order to bring enough representation but currently it's just a work in progress that you know needs to you know you just keep focusing on making sure that us because now it's our responsibility we are in science and we are women so now how can we make the other women join us absolutely absolutely i'm so glad that you touched on that actually (laughs) so so look before we wrap up you know what are some of your goals for this year going forward what would you what are you hoping to accomplish in the next couple of years Mm, next couple of years um well me um I, I'm a traveler, you know. I always tell people that I was born to travel. <laughs> I'm not talking about work now. <laughs> you know, I always, I always tell people. I always tell my friends that you know, I was born to be rich. You know, uh, I was born to tour the world, and you know, I just be rich and not work and all these things. Well, that's just a joke. But you know, honestly speaking. <laughs> I love traveling. So in in everything that I do, like I I always strategize in trying to to work towards traveling. Yeah. Um. What do I mean by work towards traveling? I'm talking about you know how I started um traveling. Like I started going to America. Mm-hmm. I, I I went through school. You know. So I I strategized that for how am I going to see America? One way was to go to school, right? Right. So going to school, I was able to do that. And then also when I was in UK. That was another way, and I was also traveling in the conferences. But then, not to divert from the topic, um, I, I still I, I want to go to Vegas. <laughs> I know you didn't ask me that, but yeah. 
Well, I did say specific goals, and you were like, I'm going to Vegas, y'all. I, I, had, I had to say that. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I had to say that just, you know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, right now I'm back to my country, and um, in the few years, well, let's give it five, I am hoping to bring change, you know, towards how we, we perceive, like, you know, I mean, I'm at a university, so my objective is to actually try to see these young women, you know, becoming something. So wh- how do I mean by that is that um, when you finish your degree, I really want to see you do more. And I've already started encouraging them to apply, you know, like to start being serious about school now so that they, they are somewhere in life. So I want to try and encourage them for just a couple of times and, you know, being involved with um, what the food industries and the uh, government in trying to, you know, structure the regulations, current regulations in, in food safety because we don't really have much. So there's a whole lot of work that still needs to be done concerning my field. So I think I'm dedicating this five years into working into that. And then I think after that, I want to explore the world and try to work outside the country, um, probably go to America, but I'm not sure yet. But I'm still going to see that. Um, I don't want to work for more than 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. So I want to retire early so that I can do my traveling. That's why I started with the traveling part so that you 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 understand why I, I'm talking about traveling. So I really, I want to do like consultation work. Right. It means once I s- s- tell myself that I'm not working, I'll still be working. Yes. So my working will be working from home or anywhere in the world. Right. You know, consultation work is, is what I want. Still trying to address the, the food, food safety issues because those issues are like, you know, permanent. If, exactly. if there's one um, microorganism that is being discovered today, tomorrow there'll be another one being discovered that needs research, that needs to be addressed. So consultation will always continue on my part. But um, I think I want to travel. <laughs> and, and you're clearly in a better position to, say, advocate for things that you consider important in food science. So you've, yes. you've traveled, you've, you know, you've, you've gotten your PhD, you know, it's um, now it's really time to give back and and I'm I'm glad that you're really focusing on getting women more involved in this area where more women need to be in addition to all the other STEM disciplines rather uh, so it's I commend you for you know taking that on as I wouldn't say a social responsibility, but it's clearly something that's important to you, and um, and you've it's a passion, and you've yes. worked it into yes. your you've worked it into your life plan, and um, and and look, I think a lot of young women would see you as a role model. I see you as a role model, and for women, mm-hmm. young women that are struggling with their decisions, say to study within the STEM disciplines, whatever it is, food science, engineering, you know, mathematics, yes, you know, yes, yes, you know. Mm-hmm. For those women that are that are struggling with that, you know, to pursue their interests in these disciplines, you know, what advice, what clear, concise advice would you have for them to just push through? Um, I would say the one important thing they should know that they are capable. Nothing is impossible under the sun. That's my belief. If you focus on something, so focus is very important. You have to focus. You have to be determined. You have to tell yourself nothing is going to stop me. I will get it. I will do it no matter what. If you don't know or if you are having issues with anything, it is very important to always seek advice 
advice ask asking will never kill you if you're looking for a direction find somebody ask someone someone somewhere knows something that could help so do not keep it inside you uh, and if you are having issues you have to talk to someone it's very important for me i learned that you know you can never get anywhere in life if you 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 tell yourself i can't do it um it's i'm just you know i'm just me i'm just poor i'm just from a poor background i'm just this this if you are negative so you shouldn't be negative as well it's important that you're always positive about yourself so you're positive no matter what circumstances no matter what background no matter what but you just know that anything is possible and you can do it and if another woman did did it out there you can also do it so it's not impossible nothing is impossible that's all i can say oh that is lovely that is lovely to end on i appreciate <laughs> that Jamile. i really do so look thank, thank you. you yes thank you for speaking with visceral podcast you know i really <laughs> there are so many aspects to food science where i was just like you know first of all yes. some of it was like really frightening <laughs> like as soon as you start reading some of those things you're like oh no you know um, oh my god yeah yes, I know. that's true yeah it's pretty scary <laughs> but at the same time it's such an interesting area of study and like you said it's yes. an area that you know you're trying to get more women involved in um yes. you're trying to get them to think yes. a little bit more about this being a clear path but in this in the stem disciplines yes. as well and also i think uh, there's some motivation there that if they are able to pursue their PhDs and you know work in the right yes. way and be strategic, they too can yes. um, retire early. <laughs> so, so I think that's incentive. Thank you. Yes, that's, that is incentive <laughs> enough. Okay, that is, is incentive. Yes. yes. So, um, but look, I I really wish you the best, the very, very, very best in the future. Future. And yeah. I think it's really great what you're doing. It's such an interesting area. I love that oh, you are you. you are a black woman, a black African woman in this field, and your intentions behind everything you're doing are are great and are positive. And 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 that's what we need more of. We need more of your stories out there. So thank you again. Oh, thank you, Michelle. It was, it was, I enjoyed my our talk as well. All my gratitude to Tabile for being such a great guest on the show. And I really appreciate the time she's taken to speak to Visceral Podcast. So thank you. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.visceralpodcast.co.za. Just click on the episode link and it will direct you to the show notes. We'd also like to get your feedback from you on our episode. So please find us on iTunes and Stitcher and send us a review. Better yet, just subscribe. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michelle Roseborough, and this is Visceral Podcast. Thank you.